You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. I promise that though that song doesn't have an ending, the sermon definitively does. So, so don't, don't go anywhere. Um, it's good to be with you this morning. We start a new worship series called What's Your Story? As we discern how God is calling us into action, how God is calling us to proclaim the gospel story to the ends of the earth. And we kick things off with our scripture reading today, Psalm 105, the first six verses. They will be on the screens and they're also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered, O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time is The NeverEnding Story. It's that mid-1980s classic film. Do you know NeverEnding Story? You turn around, look at what you see. No? Falcor? Atreyu? Artax in the Swamp of Sadness, a scene I still can't watch today. Okay, well, it's a story about Bastion. Uh, it's a young boy. Uh, at the beginning of the, of the movie, we, and it's a, it's a book, but the movie only covers one-third of, of the book. But in the movie, it's a story of Bastion. And early in the movie, we discover that his mother has died, and he's having a difficult time uh, wrestling with this new way of life with his dad. And he's on his way to school, and on his way to school, he runs up against bullies, bullies that he has seen more than once. So he ducks into a bookstore. And while he's in the bookstore, he finds a book. He sees a book, The Never-Ending Story. But the bookseller says, don't, don't you mind about this book. Leave this book alone. So he does what any young child would do. He steals it, uh, and he brings it with him to school. Uh, and then he ditches class. This is a great moral tale for all the children who are here. Uh, he ditches class, uh, and then he goes into the school attic and starts reading this book. And this book is about a world called Fantasia. And uh, it's a story of Atreyu, who is a warrior who is trying to stop, literally it's called the nothing. He's trying to stop the nothing from destroying Fantasia. And the embodiment of this nothing is a wolf. And this wolf is devouring the world into nothingness. It's a fine story. It is, it is a regular hero's tale, right, uh, that we've talked, we talked about that all last summer, this hero's story, right? Uh, but as he's reading, there's this one part where, where um, something uh, frightening happens in the book, and Bastion yells out, ah! But then he reads that the characters in the story heard a scream when he was screaming. The more and more he reads this book, the more he discovers that he is one of the characters within it. And that his own imagination is playing a role in the story. 
until the very end when, and this is not a spoiler, it was 1984, so that's on you. At the end of the story, uh, when, when, when the nothing has devoured everything, he has to say the, the princess's name, and then he finds at the end of the story that it is up to him. Because Fantasia is only a, just a, a grain of sand in his hand. It's up to his own imagination to create this, this new world. And through his imagination, the story never ends. The more and more he is involved with the story, the more he discovers that he is a character within it. That is not unlike the story of our faith. There are a handful of questions that religion and philosophy try to answer. Namely, what is real? And, and, and what do I have to do with it? <laughs> or, or, or what is truth? And who am I? So what is real? What around me is real? And, and what does that have to do with me? Are the central questions that religion and philosophy try to tackle. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about what is truth. If you remember during Lent where Jesus and Pilate were sitting together. What is truth? Pilate asks this of Jesus and Jesus gives no answer. Except... Prior in his conversation with, um, with Pilate, he says this. This is John 18, verse 37. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Which means that truth is not something we discern. Truth is something to which we belong Truth is not something we discern. Truth is something to which we belong. How am I called to be part of this truth? How am I connected to it? The truth to which we are called to belong is the story of God. Now, this is a faith statement, but I'm a pastor, so I can say this. There is only one story. There's only one story. The question is, what is our role within it? What is our role within God's story? In order to know who we are, we have to know whose we are. Or to put it another way, if you don't like, if you've seen that bumper sticker before, another way to put it is, know your story by knowing God's. So let's take a step back for just a second. God's story, I think uh, it's best to understand God's story as a five-act drama. It starts with act one. With creation, in the beginning was uh, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep and God's spirit hovered over the waters. It was almost as if the love that was within the Trinity, within God's own person, spilled forth and bubbled over. As we hear in the 23rd Psalm, God's cup or our cup runneth over. God's love within the heart of the Trinity bubbled over and runneth over and gave birth to everything that is seen and unseen. That first chapter of God's story is creation. Light, the firmaments, the waters, life itself. The second act in this grand story is the act of Israel. God creating a people, God calling people together into covenant to wander in the desert, to create a nation, to be together, to honor and worship God. But, but you know the story, uh, and if you don't, uh, here's a spoiler. Uh, God's people turned away from that, of wanting to be God's people. So there was an act three, 
which is the person of Jesus. God put on flesh and dwelt among us to reverse the curse, so to speak, that had happened when God called the people of Israel together. Now, I don't mean to say that because we screwed up, God sent Jesus. Jesus was part of the story the whole time. But in Acts 3, in the center of the story, God put on flesh and walked among us to show us what love looks like, to show us what sacrifice looks like, to show us what true power is, to show us, to show us truth. To show us the truth. That sin is nothingness. Just trying to devour the world. And then there's Act 4, right? The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church. And regular folks like me and you were were given the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're in our Acts study uh, on Wednesday nights, you're, you're, you're walking through this story as well. And, and at first blush, it's, you know, what a bozo idea of God's to give regular people the power of the Holy Spirit. It's one of those opportunities when I read the book of Acts of saying, really, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Giving regular people the power of the Holy Spirit? Sounds like a bozo idea, but that's where we are. We are in act four of the story, the era of the church, the era of the Holy Spirit, that time when the kingdom of God is coming into fruition as a, as an echo, as a reverberation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then, and then there's, the story's not over yet. And then there's act five, which is the end. When God decides to wrap up the story At the end of it all. Will it end today? No. And if it does, then call me a liar tomorrow. Right? So then there's the end. When when, when heaven and earth become one and the sea is no more. There's no more crying. No more tragedy. God is with God's people. The problem is, (laughs) sometimes, sometimes we forget into which act we are. Sometimes we think we are living in act one, as if God's story begins with us. It doesn't. (laughs) We have a long, thousands of years, we have a long tradition of God's people trying to figure out who God is and walking with God and learning how to love one another in in the covenant of community. It doesn't begin with us. I'd love to say that that God's story began with Asbury United Methodist Church, but that's not true. We are not in act one. Sometimes we think that we are in Act 2, that we are the new Israel, that we are a covenant people called to create a nation state, uh, to be a, a light shining. We are, we are not. We are not in Act 2. We're not in Act 3 either. Sometimes we think that we are the person of Jesus himself. And that's a deadly belief. We are to be in need of Christ, not to try to be Jesus. There's a footnote there. There's a footnote there. What what I, what I mean is, when we have a savior complex, thinking that the world won't work unless I am involved with it, it's a deadly proposition. We are not in Act Three. Nor are we in Act 5. The story will not end with us. Every generation on the planet thinks that that they are important enough that God's going to wrap up the story while they are here. And it hasn't happened yet. We are in Act 4. We are in the Act of the Holy Spirit. We are in the Act of the Church. 
It's the era in which our hands are Christ's hands and our feet are Christ's feet. And with the help of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we bring forth the kingdom of God. We point to the kingdom of God. We celebrate what God is doing. We share God's story with the world. Knowing this story and our place within it helps us figure out who we are today. This is what I love about our, our, our Bible study on the book of Acts is we're seeing the church wrestle with the activity of the Holy Spirit. Rarely in the book of Acts do they say, well, Jesus said, therefore we will. Or as it says in Isaiah, we will. No, they, when there's a controversy, when there's something that they're working out, they call people together and they talk about it and they pray about it and they break bread with one another because there is no roadmap. They're trying to figure it out. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves quickly. And by the grace of God, we just try to hang on to where God is calling us. I love reading the book of Acts and seeing that there, that there wasn't a roadmap. God said, bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. But there's a lot that happens between point A and point Z that the church is trying to figure out. And much like the never-ending story, the movie and the book, the more we are involved with this story, the more that we read it, the more that we try to follow, we begin to understand that we are a part of it. It is a story that is currently being written today, right now. People thousands of years from now might be referring to today as the early church. That's amazing. That is outstanding. It is such a gift of God that God in God's grace has invited us into this story. But it should also make us shake just a bit and become uneasy in our pew. (laughs) This is a story that we've inherited. And as we tell it, we become part of it. And if we don't play an active role in telling this story through our words and actions, it's as if, like in the never-ending story, it's as if there is a nothingness that is trying to unravel it. Again, in the never-ending story, the enemy is, is nothing. It is a nothingness that is literally unraveling the world and making it cease to be. When we don't tell God's story, when we don't actively participate in this story through our thoughts and our words and our deeds, it's as if the nothing is unraveling God's story. Now, I am not so bold as to say that humanity is strong enough to end God's story. I won't make that claim. Nor will I say there is this disembodied thing out there trying to attack us. Humanity has done just a fine job of destroying God's story all on their own. But if we don't tell this story, if we don't live this story out, if this story doesn't also become our story, we leave room for the nothing. It's the nothing that says political power is the only power. It's the nothing that says the more stuff you have, the better person you are. It's the nothing that says we should only be with people who think and look like us. It's the nothing that fills us with fear and an obsessive self-preservation. As it is in the never-ending story, the nothing is a wolf that devours. And I'm not saying that we're powerful enough to stop the story of God. That's bold. But what I am saying is I'd much rather be a part of something rather than this 
nothing. I'd rather be a part of something of self-discovery by telling God's story. I'd much rather be a part of something of grace. I'd much rather be a part of something that's something of resurrection. I'd much rather be a part of the something of forgiveness and reconciliation. I'd much rather be a part of something, God's something, than the nothing that is trying to unravel the world. Wouldn't you? Don't you want to be part of something? Something that's, that's bigger than you? Something that will outlast your personal story? Something that will last for the ages and for years to come? That's the thing about nothing, is that its end is definitive. When there is nothing left, that's the end of the story. But not with God. Give thanks to the Lord and call on his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him, sing praises to him, and tell of his wonderful works. May we be people of something. The something of God. And in so doing, we will discover our role in this magnificent, never-ending story of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we read your story, help us to understand our role within it. That the story is not just an ancient story that should be told as a bedtime routine and placed upon the shelf, but a story that we tell actively today by our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. Father, give us the courage. Pour out the Holy Spirit upon us to help us to tell the story well. Help us to understand that it doesn't start with us, that we are not the new Israel. We aren't the person of Jesus, and the story won't end with us. Help us to be in act four. Help us to be the church. Help us to proclaim your word to the ends of the earth so that when heaven and earth will become one, we will be ready. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.